Welcome to the Azure Podcast, a weekly podcast to keep you up to date on what's new on our cloud platform, Microsoft Azure. Your hosts, Cynthia Crane, Evan Basilic, Suji DeMello, Kendall Roden, Kel Teeter, and Russell Young discuss a different service or solution on each show with subject matter experts to explain how to get started, how different services work, and how to make decisions in tricky scenarios. You can find out more about our podcast at azpodcast.com or follow us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Well, welcome back to the Azure Podcast. This is episode number 488 being recorded on the 27th of February, 2024 with special guest Jose Marina. I'm Sajid and on teams with me, we have Russell and of course our special guests, Jose, who we're going to get to in just a minute. But before that, we've got just a few updates to cover uh, today. Uh, Russell, I noticed you had a couple that you want to talk about. Yeah, thanks, DJ. Um, yeah, just, just a couple for me. So the first one is a new feature in public preview for the Azure Application Gateway. Um, so this is now uh, introducing support for TLS and TCP protocols. Um, in fact, it's, it's the termination of those protocols that's put into, into public preview. So that lets you use Application Gateway now for non-HTTP type applications. So if they're using protocols like SQL, MQTT, AMQP, and so on, um, and it enables you to use a custom domain with application gateway certificate management capability as well. Uh, so that that's great. So it's a, kind of a single endpoint for all your clients um, and uh, supports layer seven HTTP, HTTPS to layer four. Uh, that's one. The other one that caught my eye is interesting because um, I, I, I love this feature. So API management, um, the developer portal behind it, I remember when it first got GA'd and it was a little bit rough, but that was lots and lots of years ago. Um, so they've done an awful lot of work there. The developer portal now has got a whole load of new enhanced features um, and the way in which you can customize it and, and do the layout and everything, it just looks far better and it's a much better experience. Um, so there's new layouts in there. Um, there's new ways of adding widgets and different bits and pieces. You can do different views depending on the audience um, and the groups of people that you've got logging in there as well. So you might only want to display certain pages to certain groups um, that are associated with specific products or APIs. Uh, so that's really good um, and, and worth checking out. And that's that's all in GA now as well. And the documentation's all been updated, obviously, as well. Awesome. Good updates. I have just one to cover, and that is uh, AKS, uh, Azure Backup for AKS, to be precise. Uh, so this is the feature where you could now, uh, if you've got clusters in one region and you want to make sure that in case that region ever you know, goes completely kaput and you need to switch over to another region, you can kind of bring that cluster up again uh, quickly in the other region. And using this feature, what it does, it takes some, you know, as long as you're using paired regions, it will ensure that the backups are going to the paired region. And uh, when you need to, you can just recover the AKS cluster in that second region. And so this is obviously good for disaster recovery. It's also good for, you know, having uh, resilience in case your tenant is uh, uh, is compromised, right? So if you have a tenant fair level compromise, uh, you can ship these things offsite and then, you know, kind of uh, recover them in another tenant if you have to. And, and finally, if you do have like compliance uh, needs where you need to retain certain data for some period of time, this also serves as a way to kind of uh, meet those uh, compliance needs for your AKS cluster. So that's a new feature. It's in public preview. Regional Disaster Recovery by Azure Backup for AKS. 
And with that, uh, we can turn the mic over to our special guest, Jose. Jose, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, please go ahead and introduce yourself to our listeners. Uh, let them know what you do in the, in Microsoft, in Azure, what your passion is there, and we'll take it from there. Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, Sujit Russell. Um, my name's Jose Moreno, as you said. I'm working in a division in Microsoft called Fast Track for Azure. What we do is we help uh, customers that are deploying their workloads on Azure to solve um, the technical challenges that may they might have and uh, to validate that the designs they are looking to implement in Azure are validated and according to best practices. Um, we ha are a global organization. Uh, we are free of charge for customers. Uh, so uh, if you are hearing this and you have some workload uh, deployment going on and you would like to get some help from us, feel free to 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 uh, get your partner or your Microsoft account team to nominate and we would be happy to assist. That's a good point. Yeah, we should uh, before the end of the show, we should get those details from you so we can put that in the show notes. Uh, how customers can use this feature. But I'm curious, uh, you know, what are you seeing uh, in terms of these deployment challenges? Like what kind of what kind of uh, requests do you get specifically, uh, Jose, you know, when it comes to uh, these customers trying to deploy in Azure? Yeah, great question, uh, Sujit. So one that we are seeing lately quite frequently is uh, resiliency reviews, right? They have um, um, a design uh, that they are going to, that they are planning to implement, and they would like to, uh, they would like us to verify that that design is the the most resilient that they can do, or whether they are forgetting anything. Especially for customers that have never used Azure, uh, there are a lot of um, small things to look after right uh, for example around express route there has uh, been quite a search on on the request that we've got on uh, on express route in the last few months and, and don't forget i'm making uh, I'm, I'm focusing on networking right so i can answer for networking for other areas probably some of my, my colleagues would be better suited to answer the question uh, no, that's a good question. Can you just for our listeners, uh, can you just give us a quick two minute on uh, what is ExpressRoute, just so that uh, you know everybody is on the same page, and then we can ask some further questions, sir. Yes. Uh, so uh, there, there, there are different ways uh, for connecting yourself to your applications once you have deployed them in Azure. One is, of course, via the public internet, but uh, for obvious security reasons, not um, and some users or most users do not do that, at least for admi admin connections. So then the, the question focuses uh, or, or pivots towards uh, which ways I have to connect to my Azure footprint uh, using a private uh, network, my private network. There are two ways of doing that. One is uh, over some kind of virtual private network, VPN, um, uh, with IPsec or software-defined one or, or some kind of, of tunneling technology still going across the public internet, meaning now it's private, but uh, it, it, doesn't, um, it often doesn't have any guaranteed quality of service. The other is using some private uh, lines, which are on one side uh, owned by Microsoft, right? So you connect to our Microsoft backbone on some of our edge locations or points of presence. As, uh, and, and then uh, to connect there, you can work uh, with uh, your network provider or you can even collocate your own devices in the same points of presence that we collocate ours. So that uh, at that point, you have guaranteed bandwidth that you can use for connecting to, to Azure, be it for transfer data, for connecting to your workloads and do some administrative work 
or um, uh, or doing some kind of database synchronization, whatever you you need that connectivity for. So it's uh, adding up. It's it's a, a kind of private connectivity between your on-premises locations and Azure. So when you say on-premises, so the customer is currently uh, in a, in their own private data center, right? Let's say they have uh, their own di- uh, data center for uh, for their uh, internal applications, and now they are in a in a place where they are extending to Azure, right? They want to use Azure, and uh, and then this connection you're talking about is between that private data center which they have their internal applications connecting into Azure. Is that correct? Yeah, that, that's perfectly correct. That's entirely correct. It could be the the private data center connecting to Azure, could be Azure connecting back to the private data center, right? Maybe the database is stayed on premises for whatever uh, data sovereignty reasons. It could be as well, not necessarily the data center, but some branches, right? Maybe you've moved your uh, SAP uh, systems to Azure and now the users from all over your organization need to connect to that SAP system to update their their CRM systems or whatever uh, system they are, it's running there. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it could be data center to Azure or it could be as well branch location to Azure. I, thanks for that. It's, it's quite interesting. I mean, I, I looked at Express Route like years and years ago. I haven't really kept up to date with where it is and what it does. So I'd be interested to know kind of how big it is now. But when you talked about, or how big it can be, those those pipes, when you talked about the requirement being more around security um, the, than anything else, I, I always thought that it was more triggered by the need for low latency connection between hybrid data centers, basically, say between Azure and your on-premise when you need to do things like replication and stuff like that. It, it's, it's Security on its own, is that a, a big enough thing to warrant getting an express route or do you really need to have volumes of data that are passing to and from? I would say it's uh, security and bandwidth, not necessarily latency because you can get as well good latency over the internet with the caveat that it's going to be very variable, all right? You could have good latency, but bad jitter using networking nomenclature. Uh, but it's mostly bandwidth. If you want to do a big transfer, big data transfers, like I was mentioning the example of databases staying uh, on-prem or databases replicating from on-prem to Azure, uh, you, you need uh, consistent bandwidth. And um, you cannot get guaranteed bandwidth over the internet. You can get um, guaranteed bandwidth over Express Route. Okay. And what sort of size do the pipes go up to nowadays? What, what are the offers that we have? Uh, I, you can, there are two types of express route connections. One, uh, one type is going over, uh, a partner, a network provider, right? So you connect your, your partner, uh, your network provider of choice, and then they connect to us. Uh, those go up to 10 gig, I think. Uh, you can get as well directly a physical port in our edge routers, and those can go up to 100. You know, uh, just this morning, I just coincidentally happened to give a customer uh, uh, like an overview on our network watcher uh, service that we have in Azure, right? Uh, And uh, in that, uh, one of the use cases for network watcher was to kind of monitor this kind of express route uh, connection, right? You could you could kind of uh, it almost visualizes like the the express route for you. And I was kind of uh, amazed how how complicated that can be, right? The number of hops that are involved, uh, you know, when you go through from your data center all the way to uh, your uh, your maybe your server in Azure. It's got to be a nightmare trying to kind of troubleshoot those kind of things, right? I'm just 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 wondering, like, the, what is the experience like? Uh, I'm sure you've been through a few of these, uh, Jose. 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, exactly. The, the the thing in my position is that since I'm talking to customers about uh, their challenges day in, day out, I know a lot of about what can go wrong. So sometimes I, I see the, the world of a darker color as it should be. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I've, I've been in an, uh, a good number of situations where where the connectivity breaks, it could be because of different reasons, right? Maybe the customer didn't put enough redundancy in the design and some component, uh, there was some single point of failure uh, in the design that broke. So the first um, step is is getting into or, or identifying what is that component that bro- actually broke. Uh, it could even be something that the customer doesn't have visibility on. Like if you think about it, the customer connects to our POPs and then our POPs connect connect to our Azure data centers. There's a whole machinery in between that, that um, it's opaque to, to customers, but it's still there. So if something there breaks, uh, usually traffic should be rerouted without any visibility, but sometimes, hey, it, it's not. So uh, that's where um, Network Watcher offers uh, um, some very interesting tools to monitor for this connectivity or, or loss of connectivity so that you can take uh, actions, even automated actions, in case something bad happens. One of my favorite ones is Connection Monitor. Uh, that's a component of Network Watcher. Network Watcher is the family of uh, tools and panels and and and, and charts and, and and visuals that help you uh, understand what's the state of your network. One of those tools is called um, Connection Monitor, and with Connection Monitor you can create traffic between two random points across the world. It could be between one Azure virtual machine and one system on-premises. It could be between one system on-premises and and Microsoft 365 endpoints or between some Azure uh, VM and a random uh, endpoint in the public internet so that you can monitor that everything is working as it should. Um, So the the good thing about uh, this way of monitoring is that you don't really care about what breaks. You care about when things break, right? And then you can react really quickly. Um, so um, ExpressRoute in um, uh, in in um, having ExpressRoute monitored not only by Connection Monitor, but additionally with, net, net, uh, with Connection Monitor gives you another level of visibility into, hey, is my traffic working as it should? I see a nice dashboard, everything is green, so I'm sure it is. There might be problems around the world, but I know that the network has rerouted around those problems, and I know that my endpoints can reach whatever other endpoints they need to reach to operate correctly. And uh, when uh, things do go wrong, like, you know, Connection Monitor starts uh, raising alerts, let's say, it tries so many times and it, it times out or something, you know, what are some of the tools that you use to help you figure out, okay, you know, which, which, where, where, where is this problem? Right. I know you could look into some logs in, in, I guess, uh, the, uh, in Azure Monitor logs uh, uh, and, and, and whatnot, or, or traffic flow logs. I know there's tools in, in Network Watcher for, for, for flow uh, verification and whatnot. Yeah. I'm wondering what's in your tool bag, you know, when it comes to things like this. Yeah. All right. So um, first of all, uh, the connection monitor should give you a hint about where the network broke, right? In that long chain of devices you were mentioning earlier, it should uh, give you a, a, a hint of up to 
where traffic went and from where it didn't go any further, as well as the most likely um, cause of the problem, whether it's a, a firewall blocking traffic or whether it's uh, some missing routing information, whatever. Uh, so depending, of course, of, of what that likeliest um, uh, root cause of the problem, then you would go one way or the other, right? If it's a firewall, then you probably want to check your firewall logs and who did the latest change in the firewall uh, rule set. If it's a network security group, as you were saying, right, maybe you want to go to the flow verifier in Network Watcher. Um, one of the tools I find myself using most um, frequently is the effective routes at the virtual machine level. If anybody listening to this doesn't know this uh, and, and uh, you are uh, you have an infrastructure to service uh, platform on Azure, that's my number one reading for you tonight. So effective routes give you the list of um, of actually routes that are programmed on any individual um, virtual machine or to be accurate on any, any individual NIC in Azure. Since in Azure, routing is performed at the NIC level, that's that's fundamental. And uh, you can uh, see things like are the right routes coming from on-premises? Of course, uh, you need to be able to troubleshoot the, the on-premises part of the network, right? It's not enough troubleshooting Azure, but if you have lack of connectivity between A and B, you need to be able to troubleshoot both sides. So you might have to go to your local router and, and verify what routes um, uh, Azure is giving to you. Typically, um, since I don't have visibility into customers' local routers, my the last point I can look at is the Microsoft Pop Edge routers, which is the Express Route Circuit routing tables, routing tables. So those are the two things I look at most frequently: the effective routes at the VM on on one side of the spectrum, the uh, the, the Express Route Circuit uh, route tables on the other. So, sorry uh, to give you a glimpse of uh, yeah, no, that's... <laughs> my, my worst days. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, is, this is why I don't do networking. <laughs> it's way too complicated. So, so the you know it's, it's it's clear that you know if any customer is using an express route, that's obviously super critical for their uh, business, right? I mean, they, I think that express route pretty much has to be there, otherwise uh, they can't use the their infrastructure won't work. You know. How might they, uh, I guess, protect themselves from, let's say, an outage rate, like a like a express route circuit going down or something? What uh, I mean, I'm sure, like as part of uh, best practice designs for uh, for them, uh, what are some of the options they have to make sure that uh, they can uh, continue even in the event there is a, a circuit failure? Yeah, um, another great question, Sujit. So let me try to, to summarize the components of ExpressRoute, and then we can go into how can you protect each of those, right? Uh, the first uh, component of, of ExpressRoute is the, the, the Microsoft Edge routers or uh, you connect to from, from on-premises. Uh, it's always two routers on an ExpressRoute circuit. However, both of those routers are in the same ExpressRoute location, what we call ExpressRoute location. It's very important to distinguish between ExpressRoute location and um, and Azure region. It's not the same. The ExpressRoute location is at the edge of our network, right? And the Azure regions are data centers in, inside of our backbone. So when you connect to 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 one of ExpressRoute uh, locations, 
you are actually connecting to to a facility owned by Equinix or some data center provider where we co-locate our, our routers. Um, it's always two routers per circuit, so that's already redundant, good news. The bad news is that you could consider the experience route location as a, a single point of failure on its own. We uh, recently had some outages, they are unlikely, but they exist, right, where uh, a, a whole express route location goes down. For example, if um, the data center provider has a problem with uh, their cooling equipment, they could have um, an express route location wide uh, outage. So one of our um, uh, recommendations is even if you have two express route uh, uh, routers uh, in every circuit, to consider having a secondary circuit in a close by location. We have uh, even uh, in some cities, multiple uh, locations at metro distance. Um, I'm not too familiar with the with the state's uh, geography, but for example, in uh, in Europe, we have two express locations in Frankfurt, right? Frankfurt one, Frankfurt two. We have two in London. We have two in Amsterdam. So in in many in many big uh, network areas, we have two different locations, and we are working to increase that count. Um, so that's one, right? Uh, connecting to redundant. Uh, express route locations. The second component is once you connect uh, to the express route, uh, sorry, to the network edge, then from the network edge, you connect to a component in your virtual network, which is called express route gateway. The second uh, uh, strong recommendation that we give is to deploy that express route gateway in, a, in an availability zone redundant mode. For example, I was right now looking at a customer like uh, 10 minutes ago, uh, they are following the best practice. They have um, a number of uh, locations over the world. They are connecting to two express route circuits. In uh, South Africa, it was. Uh, in South Africa, we have two different express route uh, locations, all good so far. And then they connect their express route uh, circuits to express route gateways, which are not zone redundant. That could go ugly. I mean, they have a region redundancy, right? So if an express route location in, uh, sorry, if an express route gateway in one of the Azure regions goes, and they would have to fail over to the other, but they could avoid some some um, uh, unnecessary failover if the problem in at the express gate express out gateway level is only in one availability zone. If they spread their gateways over multiple availability zones, their design would be much more resilient. So, adding up, it's about having resiliency at the express route gateway level by deploying in multiple availability zones and at the express route circuit um, level by either having circuits in two different express route locations or something I didn't mention by having a backup, for example, over, uh, with a VPN over the internet in case the primary circuit goes down. And uh, is this like a hard hot configuration, like uh, uh, like when you have these multiple circuits? I'm just, I, I can imagine that you know the whole routing situation gets really complicated, right? When you have two circuits, uh, you're never sure now how it's which which circuit is being used for the routing. Uh, like are both being used? Is only one used? Uh, like what are the options there? Yeah, I, I have uh, good news and bad news there. The 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 bad news is that uh, it's all BGP. The good news is that it's all BGP. Uh, so <laughs> if uh, yeah, if network admins uh, were concerned because they saw their jobs as being in jeopardy because of this public cloud thing, um, worry not, my friends. Uh, BGP runs everywhere, and your skills are still sorely needed everywhere, right? Because uh, to answer your question, yes, 
as uh, with other any other network, you have concepts like root routing, equal cost multipathing. You can uh, engineer your traffic to go this way or that way with um, with uh, with BGP attributes like ASPath prepending. I'm probably throwing out some uh, cryptic uh, expressions for most of the audience. My only goal is here. Um, uh, stating that uh, you you do need networking expertise to handle uh, expression because get what it is a network right so you need to know how to manage a network when we when you were talking earlier and you know all those different things that are going on and different things that that, that could happen and how it how it all hangs together I was just wondering and particularly when we talked about the number of logs that you've got to watch through when you're doing that diagnosis for, for security we've got security copilot now right that, that helps you with that you still need to be a security expert to really ask the right questions and to understand what it's telling you but it, it helps you with a lot of that that work is there plans for a copilot for networking yeah we're thinking about how to create a, a networking co a natural networking copilot and what it might look like right i'm not um I'm not, uh, please don't understand this as in three months it's going to, to happen because uh, it's still early, very early stages. But we are, we are thinking about uh, about it, whether it would help customers to troubleshoot problems or it, whether it would help customers to, to, to select the right product from the Azure networking portfolio, which is another challenge that many customers have, right? When Azure started some years ago, it was easy because we only had vnets essentially now you can choose between a myriad of possible design options right so uh, that's another area where we're investigating the 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 whether a, a copilot would be helpful or as well to to uh, flag some of those best practices we were um, describing earlier right a copilot would be helpful as well to to answer questions such as hey is my design following best practices and then maybe the copilot would be the one saying Right? Your uh, Expressor Gateway might uh, be better if it were deployed over AZs, over availability zones. So um, not answering directly your question, Russell, but we are thinking about different use cases and troubleshooting is one of them for Copilot, for an eventual Copilot. Yeah, I mean, it's great to, you know, Copilots can keep on top of the guidance. That's the thing, right? So you might have deployed something five, six years ago that was best practice at the time, but that's moved on. Unless you keep on top of that stuff, there's nobody's going to tell you unless you've got some kind of tool that's going to that's going to point it out, I suppose. Exactly. And uh, public cloud is moving so quickly and, and so are best practices, right? Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, a lot of customers have been paying attention to this VNet encryption feature that we have now, right? Where uh, it, previously they would probably use IPsec and now they're using VNet encryption. Does that play into any of this that you just dis uh, discussed or is that like all transparent, you know, enabling VNet encryption? Like, or do they have to think of it from an end to end perspective, uh, you know, all the way from on site to, to the Azure resource? Um, I think it should be transparent. Um, so, um, we already encrypt traffic uh, going across uh, uh, between our data centers. We use a technology called MagSec, which is a point-to-point -point encryption between two devices. So you need to do that encryption hop by hop. We we do that already so that when traffic goes from uh, uh, across Azure regions or, or from uh, a, a backbone edge to a region, that's already encrypted. But it wasn't encrypted inside of the data centers until now, right? Um, with VNet encryption, what we do is that when any VNet talks to, sorry, any VM talks to any other VM inside of the same region, that's encrypted as well. 
that's local to that region. It doesn't necessarily impact the way you enter into the region via express route, VPN, or any other means. Got it. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you. Uh, well, this is uh, this has really been great. Uh, is there are there any other like I don't know tips or tricks you want to share with our listeners? Or uh, I know we go we're gonna get the information about the Azure uh, fast track for Azure as well from you. But uh, anything else uh, you feel you can share with our listeners before we wrap up here? Jose? Yeah, if, if uh, as a listener, you you there's one thing, uh, the, uh, if there were only one thing that I would like you to remember after this would be not to confuse the term Azure region with Express Route Location, which I see a lot of people doing, uh, both Microsoft employees, partners, and, and customers. So let, let me go over that again. An Azure region is, say, West Europe, North Europe, it, the East US too, uh, US West Central, um, Australia East. So these are the names for, for regions. An express location, uh, they are cities. It's um, Melbourne, Sydney, uh, Chicago. Um, um, what else do we have? We have uh, Silicon Valley. We have here in Europe, we have Frankfurt, Amsterdam. All right. When you connect to Express Route, you connect to an Express location, to a city, right? And then you connect the city to the region. I see customers uh, saying, hey, I have already two regions. So I'm connected to West Europe and uh, and uh, North Europe. No, you're not. You're connected to, a, to an Express Route location. So you might be connected to Amsterdam and Dublin. Um, but when, when you do your diagrams, make sure to separate both, because if you don't, then even in your diagrams, you are not going to to be able to identify your single points of failure, right? So the first step for, for good troubleshooting is having good diagrams and separating these Azure regions from the express locations, both in your head and your, and your diagrams is going to be a, um, a huge help in order to come up with a, with a good design. That would be my takeaway for, 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 for the audience. If I get more people to understand that and remember that, I'm happy. Yeah, I certainly didn't know that until just now. So thank you for that. <laughs> uh, that's very useful. Uh, that, this is great. Uh, it's, it's, it's always nice to have uh, someone who's, uh, you know, has got real world experience in, in kind of dealing with these kind of problems and also uh, working with customer designs and architecture. So uh, appreciate you sharing those with our listeners today. Uh, Russell, any more questions for Jose before we wrap up? No, just just thank you. It's been uh, it's been informative. I uh, yeah, my knowledge on networking was was very small before. It's slightly bigger, but still very small. But thank you. All right, no, thanks for having me, Sujit and Russell. I hope it was useful. It was. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. If you have any thoughts, questions, or just want to connect, find us on Twitter at Azure Podcast. Background music has been taken from ccmixer.org under the Creative Commons license. We hope you'll tune in again soon to keep learning with us.